Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. And today we're going to do like a listener question episode. And we're going to see how it works out and how it plays out. Um, So without uh, wasting too much time, let's get to it. Yes. Can you compare Republicans that were supportive of tearing down a wall in Berlin and the Iron Curtain compared to Republicans that want to build a wall today? I'm not sure there is an apt comparison. <laughs> they were very, very different, very different species. The Republican Party, the conservatives of the 80s, um, yeah, in, in a lot of ways they were similar. But they weren't ruled by fear. The, their idea was to confront the evils of the world, if only in propaganda. The idea was to get out there and fight and try to make things better for all people, at least through their foreign policy. That was the idea. That was the propaganda. That was the thought. As conservative thought and kind of falls apart, as these images that they held on to, I mean, you think about it, Ronald Reagan, the actor, and that's what a lot of it comes from, this this image of the pioneer. That's what it was then. As that image falls apart and the conservative man of today realizes that he's not actually Gary Cooper or John Wayne, their stance changes. It's no longer rush out into the world and try to make things better, even though that normally got hijacked by those in power at the time. And that was the idea. That's what they sold people on. So, But today they realize that's not who they are, that their ideas are old, they're dated, that the propaganda shifted from go confront the evils to be afraid of their evils. It, it should come as no surprise that the conservative party of today has become kind of cowardly and wants to hide behind a wall. You know, and and stop that pursuit of freedom for others and stop the stop others from being able to compete against them because they're scared. They can't handle it. The modern conservative movement is fear. It's fear. It's just being afraid of everything. And that's why they have a lack of leadership. Because those people who aren't afraid, they leave the party. They they have nothing to do with it. Most end up going to become libertarians or they become anarcho-capitalists or whatever. They leave the party. Those people that actually have any, any guts, they leave. Because the entire system now is just be afraid of everything. Be terrified. Be terrified of brown people, of people who speak a different language, of of everything. It's all fear. So, of course, the actions are going to be different. You know, it, conservative thought is generally based on fear of change historically. But now even the self-image has changed. E- even the, the propaganda has changed. Um, and that's what we're going to continue to see contradictions between 
modern Republicans and those that they see as the great Republicans because it's a copy of a copy of a copy. As they get further away from them, the less quality there is. All right, so let's let's head over to the next question. Hey, Bo. Um, I was just wondering, what do you think of what's happening in Bolivia? I I don't know if you've uh, if you've recorded a video on it. If you haven't, or if you have, uh, I haven't found it. Uh, so, if you could uh, if you could answer that, thank you very much. Uh, Bolivia is one of those countries and one of the situations that's developing now that I'm not sure I I can provide any real insight into. Um, <laughs> I've been watching it and paying attention, but in this one, I'm, I'm more of a spectator because it's I don't know enough about the players on the ground to predict anything. Like I was shocked to see the interim president had hired uh, CLS Strategies. Uh, that was. Uh, that, that was a surprise. And basically, if you don't know, they're a lobbying firm that is has a history of <laughs> legitimizing coups. <laughs> so, so that was a surprise. And, you know, her, her choice to stay in, in, in run for election, that was a surprise. Uh, the whole process is, is a little shocking. Um, I don't know that I can provide any insight or, or be able to provide any future assessment or anything like that. So it's a topic that I watch and I follow, but I don't know enough about it to, to be able to explain it or break it down. Um, so I do think that Americans in general should be watching and paying attention to it because it's one of those things. If this goes South and it very well might, um, this is going to be one of those things that, in a few years, people will be crying, why are these people at our border? And it's because of what's happening now. You know, this, all this stuff is interconnected. Uh, so even if it doesn't seem like it should be something we're paying attention to because it doesn't directly relate to us, and, and we tend as a species to be kind of interested only in self, we probably should. It's going to have impacts down the road. Do you do all of your own research, or do you have a team of fact-checkers and research people? I'm always amazed at how in-depth your knowledge is about a particular subject. Uh, yeah, I do all of my own research. Um, you know, I have people that help me with the business aspects of this and the the editing aspects of it, but I, I do do all of my own research. I think the reason it appears that I have a very strong understanding of like everything that I discuss is because I tend to not discuss things if I don't have a strong understanding, like the last question. Um, if I don't actually know enough about it to make an informed opinion, I don't talk about it. And that leads to the idea that I, I think it gives the impression that I know a whole lot more than I do. <laughs> um, but I've been doing research and this type of thing that I'm doing now, in essence, it's taking a bunch of information and distilling it. It's something I've done pretty much my entire adult life, except for a few years. Um, so it's also a matter of 
having gotten really good at researching and combining a bunch of different information. Hey, Bo, it's Nick, the internet person. My question for you is, how do you deal with the fact that potentially hundreds of thousands of people can now just recognize you without software or any help, just because you're an internet personality now? Thanks in advance for your answer. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You know, I, I'm in a small town, so when people recognize me here, that's not really a surprise. When I'm somewhere else and it happens, um, yeah, it's a little odd. Um, it, it, I, it has a lot to do with how the person, how the person approaches me when they see me. The other day I was coming out of a bathroom in a gas station and the guy's like, I've been watching you. And I'm like, man, that's really creepy. Um, but I mean, overall, they've been great experiences. Every time, every time I've met somebody that has recognized me, it's odd. Um, because I have spent most of my adult life trying not to be recognized, but it's at the same time, it shows me that what I'm doing is actually valuable. Um, you know, it's one thing to see, uh, see somebody online in a video or whatever and interact with them. Once that occurs in the real world, it shows that you know, this resonated in some way. It carried over to the real world. They remembered it without the, without my face being in a box on YouTube or whatever. And if they remember my face, I'm hoping they remember some of the ideas. <laughs> um, so that's, that's, that's kind of how I look at it. Um, uh, yeah. You know, don't, don't be afraid. If you see me, just come up and say hi. Um, but yeah, don't, don't start off with, I've been watching you. That's, that's a little weird. Um, <laughs> okay. So uh, I guess from here, we'll, we're going to take a quick break for an ad and then we will come back and it looks like the rest of the questions are about hope in some way. So we will talk about hope, I guess. All right, well, quick question. When are we going to stop fighting the Civil War? May not be hot, maybe a cold war, but it's still going on. Thanks. Uh, that could be interpreted in a lot of ways. Um, you know, it could be about the race issue. You know, when are we going to stop fighting that? Basically, when we all interbreed to the point where we all look like Filipinos. Um and then that'll go away. Uh, it could be about the argument, ongoing argument between state supremacy and federal supremacy. I would say that it's over. I would say that it's over and it's being fought in aftershocks. The federal government reigns supreme in, in, in our current system. And even though the state government can push various issues under the way the system is set up, the federal government can push its ideas at any point in time as long as they have the monopoly in the courts that they do. Um, I, I, I don't know that we're, we're going to see an end to any of this anytime soon. I, I think there's a lot of people that still want to keep, keep up the fight for whatever reason. Um, and, and 
it's a little disheartening because at the end of the day, logically, at least on the race level, it's inevitable. You know, what is going to happen is going to happen on a long enough timeline. It, it, the, the race issue will cease to be, it will not be as important and eventually it will disappear. It's not going to be something that's going to be around forever. And to see that people are still clinging to, to hatred and biases that just are completely wrong and completely irrelevant, even <laughs> um, it, it's a little depressing. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, they will lose. Okay, so let's hop on to the next question. Hey, Bo. Um, how do you keep a positive outlook on the future of our country because this impeachment process has shown us, or at least in my opinion, shown that laws and rules don't matter much anymore, especially to the Republican Party. And since everything Trump is, does is transactional, one hand washes the other. It just seems like um, now that he knows he can get away with anything, it just means a nastier outlook for us. And how do you stay positive? How do you stay hopeful? Because I'm struggling these days. I don't know if it's my background or just the way I think about things, but in a lot of ways, I view what most of us are trying to do as, as kind of like a thought insurgency. You know, you're, you're trying to introduce new ideas into a system that doesn't really want it. And, one of the main goals of an insurgency is to provoke the government into over overreacting. In a way, Trump is that overreaction. You know, when a government in a, in a real insurgency, when they overreact, it shows their true face. It shows the violence they're, they're willing to use, and it shows it to the public. Trump is is that, but it's the corruption, it's the nepotism, it's 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 all of the horrible things about the way our government functions, and he personifies it and he puts it out there. He the face is out, the true face is there, and the entire country sees it, the entire world sees it. And I can't help but think that on some level, those younger people that are out there that are seeing this, you know. <laughs> They're not seeing our government as, you know, defenders of truth, justice in the American way. They're seeing them for the corrupt people that they are. And I can't help but think that that's going to be a net positive down the road. His transactional nature, his his corrupt, just over-the-top, cartoonish evil <laughs> is going to help. It's going to help bring about the next group of people who are really in the fight and are really bringing new ideas to the table. Hi, Bo. This is Sarah from Arkansas. In light of the current regime and what our representatives in the House and Senate are doing and are not doing, my knee-jerk reaction is to gather up my family, run away into the hills, and hide. 
I'm fully aware that that will not leave a better world for our children. But it's hard to know as a regular person what we can do on the ground day after day to change things when the people in power are so clearly corrupt. Beyond build a network to take care of each other, what can we do to make things better? Yeah, I could totally understand that idea. Just disappear off into the hills. You know, I can I, I say Montana mostly. <laughs> in in my mind, when I do it, that's where I go to. Um, you know, I think part of the the issue is that we, we want to win, you know, and we want to win, and we want to win now. It, it's that old saying: we we don't have to beat them today. We just have to fight them. We just have to continue. What are, you know, if you've built a community network, you're you're light years ahead of everybody else because you have that to fall back on. Aside from that, one of the most important things you can do is continue to talk, continue to raise your voice. Don't don't give in to the urge to say the these redheaded people they're they're just never gonna get it. And there's no point in reaching out and that this is the future because it's not the future. It's not the future. When you look at the demographics, Trump didn't get a majority of any age bracket until he hits 50 years old or older. It's not the future. It's the past. We're dealing with the last throes of, of, an, of an outdated philosophy. So we just have to outlast them. I mean that's really all it has to do with. We have to we have to wait them out. And and by we I don't mean us as individuals. I mean the ideas. You know, conservatives tend to want to hold on to the past. Nothing is static. It continues to move. We are going <laughs> like it, it's not even a question of if more progressive thought is going to win. Because it, it has to. It, 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 it's an inevitability. <laughs> that's that's how society has always advanced. Um, so the, the key thing is to hang in there. Don't give up. Keep, keep talking. Keep fighting. Keep raising your voice. And keep teaching the kids to, to understand that hatred and bigotry and... and and hierarchical structures that keep everybody down, that that's not a good thing. Hi, Bo. My name is Carly P. I'm from Michigan. I'm a longtime listener and watcher of yours. My question is that I come from a long line of military participants. I'm the first person in my generation to not be actively pro-military, I guess, in the U.S. Um, I guess my question is that my family, they believe that they're doing right, and I don't think they have any technical malice, but how do I have this conversation with them that we build communities and how do we build communities with their point of view? How, how do I have this conversation with them? I don't want to be aggressive and I don't want to be mean, but how do I 
get my point across. I appreciate your point of view. Thank you. Well, I'd start by relating it to something that they know. When, when you're talking about, um, you know, building building community networks, and you're you're talking about trying to establish a society in which we take care of each other, where that is mutually beneficial to everyone, um, it, it's not as hard to reach out to military people as you might think, because they see it, they've seen it, they understand that it, most posts are based bases, they're um, they are that community. Yeah, they have outside funding, but the internal trade that takes place within the military, within the the the, the mess hall and the uh, the supplies, um, all the logistics things, and all of those go to fund support another mission. They can see it, and I would I would try to approach it from that from that angle if you're reaching out to people with military experience. Um, because you're right, most people, they're not trying to be evil. Most people aren't trying to be mean. They're not trying to to do anything untoward. They don't have malice, as you say. They're trying. They're they're trying to get ahead in the system that exists. And many people just don't stop to think that another system could exist. We don't have to continue to use this. We don't have to use it in this way. We can build a better world. We just have to want to. So that's where I would start. I would start with something that they know and build off of there. They know how trade works within the military. Um, I, I would start with that. And I would start with that, you know, that, that unit integrity, the, the esprit de corps, all of that. They're concepts they're familiar with. But just you're taking it from the military and you're applying it to your neighborhood. You're applying it to your town, your city, whatever. And the benefits are the same. So, okay, we're going to take a quick break again for an ad and then come back and answer questions, I guess, that the audio didn't work well. Okay, so we'll be right back. Okay, so we're back and we got a, uh, a message from someone uh, who was from Canada and they've got the the impeachment playing in the background i could hear it (laughs) and i actually like the audio breaks up and at some points we hear the impeachment at some points we hear them what i got from it was uh where where do we go from here how can the u.s come back from what we've seen in the impeachment and and the ugly face of the united states government being laid bare I'm going to say that I don't think that we want to come back. You know, that's that's the that's the standard line. And and that's what a lot of people are, are wanting for. They want to return to Obama, Bush, Clinton, anything to get away from Trump. I disagree. I don't think we need to go back. It's time to go forward. Push through. We've seen the true face now. This is it. Yeah, President Obama, you're right. I wouldn't be embarrassed to go out in public with him. I I wouldn't think that he was going to do something that would just offend my morals. (laughs) I can't say that for President Trump. But at the end of the day, the the drone strikes, the treatment of the others, 
all of that. It's all the same. It just had a prettier face on it, a more eloquent speaker, somebody who wasn't a national embarrassment all the time. But a lot of the core issues were the same. So I don't want to go back. I, I don't want to go back to Bush or Obama. I want to go forward. I want to go forward to the promise, you know, what we were promised by this country. All men created equal. Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, all of this stuff. I want to go there. I don't want to go back to more corporate governance. I, I, I want to get to the future. And in this case, it's Trump opened the door. Trump showed millions of Americans what the U.S. government really is, how it treats its own citizens, how it treats immigrants, how its foreign policy well, no, his foreign policy is, is pretty much a disaster of his own making. That's that's not normal. <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's pretty god-awful, to be honest. Um, but a lot of the other common features of the U.S. government, it, it, it's stuff that's always happened. He's just too inept to hide it, and he doesn't have the, the, the cult of personality that allows it to be – to be swept under the rug. He, he can't put a, a pretty face on advancing fascism. And so I don't really want to go back. I don't want to step back from this. I want to move through it. So anyway, I guess that is the show for the day. Uh, I enjoyed this. Please send in more. Um, and I guess it's just a thought. Y'all uh y'all have a good night.